boys, we did it. We're a hit. People like you. Wow. Let's do it. It's great. Back, back by popular demand. The streaming council is here. I would have never guessed. <laughs> I would have never guessed. Oh no, I'm I'm stoked on this one, and I wanted to do. So this one is just straight up Q and A. I think a lot of people know who you are now. I mean, I guess we can do a really quick intro just for anybody coming in here that doesn't quite know the legends that we have amongst us. But we have Josh Eppel and Ben Farber, both work at record labels and absolutely kill it at what they do. Um, do you want to give a quick brief int- introduction of both yourselves? Sure. Um, I'm Josh. I am head of promotions at Hopeless Records, an independent record label in Los Angeles. And I do everything from streaming, radio, to sync. So anything that has to do with pitching, I'm involved. It's a lot of fun. And I, I, am, I am Ben. Uh, I'm at Warner Records. Uh, and I'm on the streaming and sales team, essentially doing almost everything that Josh does besides radio um, and sync. <laughs> you did make a movie recently, though. I did make a movie. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a documentary uh, on the head and the heart. I'm very proud of it. It's uh, been a long, long road. And uh, yeah, you can go check it out now. I didn't look. Is your name in the credits and all of that? Oh, it's producer there. credit. <laughs> what? Son. It, was a big one. it was a big one for me. It was a good moment for sure. Awesome. Wow. Do you hear this? We have a we have a famous producer amongst us. <laughs> Let's go. Um, but no, I think that intro says it really well. And I think the the thing that I love the most about this is like we're just genuine friends. Like I think we all met through some kind of like music work kind of networking thing, but it is so far past that now where it's just genuine friends. Like we just hang out and enjoy like you guys play Call of Duty together all the time and we're always eating pazookies or going mini golf before we could or back when we could and just like friendship so these con like we're always having conversations like this and i think that that's what's so fun about doing these episodes with you guys is it doesn't feel formal it doesn't feel like we have to have specific answers or anything like that in fact really i should preface that this is you guys speaking as my friends and these probably aren't your professional opinions or you speaking from this label or representing a label. Like this is just my friends being down to lend advice, which is awesome. And I, I really like that dynamic. Totally. We're yeah. just kids all hanging out, you know? Totally. Yeah. And yeah, next time, if anybody has any call of duty questions, we would love to get those as well because happy about happy the same level of expertise. <laughs> yeah, I, it seems like it. I wish I played just so I could know, just so I could gas you guys up on that level. <laughs> um, and then another friendship thing is, Josh, I see you over here wearing a version three hoodie. And uh, I'm going I'm to take my second for the shameless plug. But for anybody that listens to this podcast that doesn't know, back in, I guess it really got going in 2018, 2019, but I started an independent label to put out music from people that I really believed in, mostly kind of in like that alternative SoundCloud space. But it, it was really, really cool. And we ended up doing a whole two tours that went crazy well and put out some really cool releases. And then I broke my leg and COVID happened. So everything paused, but I recently just brought it back. And as we're recording this, it's two days after the first release that we put out since that, which was Colliding with Mars, put out a song called Fabled Tortoise. 
And he has a whole EP that we're doing on version three. And the reason why I say that right now is as homies, like I was just saying, you guys have been, I don't know what I would have done without you. You have been so helpful in giving me advice on that. And I think that's an even uh, a bigger piece to a testament to how good you are at what you do because you are so helpful. And I wouldn't have been able to do that one without you guys, like literally your wizards. So on a firsthand level, my friends are very, very smart, and I'm honored to have them on the podcast answering questions. Dude, it's exciting to have version three back, man. That was a special, was a special movement, man. Yeah, it's you gonna guys be good. have been... Going to that LA show at the Hi-Hat yeah. was such a cool moment. It felt so proud for you, so it's really cool for it to be back. Yeah, no, like you guys are, you guys are so important and so helpful with all of that. So I love you so much for that. So thank you. And uh, anybody listening, if if you know, uh, if you yourself are an artist or if you know of artists or anything like that, uh, I want to hear about it. Like I'm genuinely interested in putting music out again. So hit me up, DM me wherever. I'm I'm always looking for new cool stuff. All right. Did we do the, that's the intro. Let's get into this. I want to keep this fast. I want to keep it snappy. I want to answer questions. We're selling sell Mazdas. Mazdas. We're selling Mazdas. <laughs> We're answering questions. Uncle Crazy Florida Man Andrew's over here. We got Mazdas. We got Jeeps. We got microphones. <laughs> Freaking I hate it, myself man. editing that. It's just going to be clipping like a son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right. Let's crack into it. I figure we don't need to take a ton of time on every question. We can keep the episode short, but let's, uh, let's share as much advice as we can. Let's do it. What do we got? Cool. So the first question comes from Nick, and I like this one a lot. It's, if you're a new artist and you're about to release new music, should you try to release your absolute best song first, or should you put out a song or two prior in order to test the waters and maybe get some people paying attention first? Discuss. That's a super good question. Um, and I think the most important thing at the way to look at this question is that it's a new artist because that is going to determine how this all rolls out. And I would say if you're a new artist, if you have a song that you think is an absolute banger, you should probably build up momentum to it. Uh, especially if you're brand new. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure if you're an artist using something like Spotify for artists, you can't pitch your music on the very first song because the first song that you put through the system gets your profile up to date and it gets it created and that's what actually gives you the ability to pitch future songs. So yeah. if you're a, a brand new artist, definitely don't put your best song out first. I would at least put out a warm-up track to get your Spotify for Artists all set up and all the other stuff worked out. Make sure all the socials are good, everything's linked up, everything looks good. And then release your really good song. And I guess it depends. Like if you feel like you have other songs that can help you grow before that moment, I would release those and build up to that moment. Um, ben, did you have any other thoughts? Yeah, um, Josh, you nailed all of the points. Uh, what Josh said, definitely take into account. Um, the other thing that I just kind of took from that question was what prior, it ended at prior. What what does prior mean? Is it an album? Is it an EP? Do you have a, 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 a number of different tracks that you don't know what to do with? Um, yeah, to Josh's point, you want to build momentum. It's all about search. It's all about engagement. It's all about who is listening to your music. So the more consistent that you can put out music and build that momentum, the better you're going to have as a runway to lead up to whatever that one song is, whatever that moment is. And to Josh's point, I mean, we 
notice a lot of, uh, you know, hiccups when we've released brand new artists on these services where there are bugs, issues. You got to, you got to make sure your header looks good. Your profile is all set up. There could be artists that have your name that you never even knew existed that, you know, your song linked to. And so, you know, all of those little things need to be worked out and do take time to get worked out. So to your, to your guys's point, it's all about building the momentum first until you feel like it's at the right place for you to release that one song. Totally. And then I would think, I mean, this isn't the question, but on an established artist, it almost flips sometimes. I don't know about if you experience the same thing, but you kind of want to come out with a banger. So it sets everything up, else up for success. 1000%. Um, you know, like it, 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 we have major rock bands where we put brand new albums on they've been around for 10 15 years and you know those they're only small they're only so many moments that you have these days in order to make a splash and so to josh's point if you do have an established fan base you want to launch with your your first song um you know like you can take it back too, especially if you have music out already, use that music to help warm up your fan base, you know, use that catalog that you have build, you know, a, a complete playlist of all of your music and promote that and tell people new music is coming. Like there are other ways that you can kind of build momentum besides releasing a brand new song. So use that catalog to help build that momentum. And to Josh's point, hit them hard with like your best song right out of the gate. And then a couple of weeks later, come with the, with the bigger project. Dude, I wasn't ready for that. Y'all just dropped some friggin' fire on that one. Josh, I literally, like, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about if you were a brand, brand new artist, you're not going to be able to use the pitch tool until you release that first song. Totally. That's crazy. That's such, such good advice. That's amazing. I mean, that should just say it all right there. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't even pitch your song. Just, you know, put and, out a and, song to... Yeah, even outside of Spotify, like your socials, like getting everything dialed, making sure there's no hiccups, making sure that all of your streaming profiles look right. Everything like that's amazing. Totally. I, I've run into artists trying to do the same thing and maybe they only have one song ready to put out, but they want to launch everything. And I've advised to put up like live tracks, you know, put up something, an acoustic version, whatever, that's not the main thing, just so you have all that stuff already set. So your first song coming out, if you're creating a profile should not be the one that you're going crazy on. Generally. Dude, that was, wow. Yeah, and here's the Good best job. part. You know, you, you can always take it down afterwards. You don't like the totally. live version. You don't, you're not into the demo. You can take it down later. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm going to move to the next question. I feel like you guys did a great job with that. Cool. So the next one, I believe, I'm trying to, I'm trying to interpret it, but basically as I read it is, Obviously, you can't know for sure whether a song is really going to be a hit single and boost your career. But if you have a feeling in your gut about a song being really good, should new artists put more strategy in that over just putting it out? So I guess like that line of like how much planning and strategy goes into a song if you're like, yo, this is an absolute bop. Like where is that line of overthinking it versus just dropping it? I guess I think that's how I interpret that question. Does that work? Yeah. Ben, throw the hammer down. <laughs> I mean, you know, like we were just saying, you, you don't want to overthink it. You never want to overthink it at all. You know, it, it's important to understand that, you know, you, you, you're going to have songs that you're going to have feelings on. You're going to have other songs that 
you, you know, are just kind of a fan track that you not want to, you know, it also kind of depends. I was just thinking this as you were asking it is, is, you know, what your budget looks like. You always have to be careful about what your budget is, especially smaller artists that don't have a lot of money. You know, if there is a song that you do think is a banger and the one that you really want to focus on, maybe that's where you put some budget to put together a video, a proper uh, official video. It's always good to have um, visual content with all of your songs, but maybe that song you're going to actually create a visual component to it. That, that is also a banger. Um, you know, so I think it just kind of depends on, on, you know, what budget you have in order to like maximize around that. Was that the hammer? Yeah. The overthinking hammer. I think the overthinking so many artists was quite the hammer. Yeah. So many artists deal with, and I get like, it's your career if you're an artist or, or even work in the industry, like it's a huge part of your life and you want to succeed. But I do think a lot of people get trapped in the overthinking circle and they can wait forever to release their best song. And then by that time it's old news, you know what I mean? So take the knowledge that you have and, and make a plan and, and every single that you hope to do something really great with should have three to four weeks of setup time. And it, it should have a plan behind it, but don't wait forever for the perfect moment because if it's great music, it, it's going to get heard. Let's talk about this for a second. Uh, one specific point that I think is really, really interesting is it's very easy for us. Like I think a lot of the theme of this episode is probably going to end up being don't overthink it. However, it is actually really easy for us to say that because we've had so many artists that we've worked with or so many releases that we've been a part of in some capacity. So there's like this time and time again thing where we've seen it. Whereas like your point, Josh, that you just brought up there, if you put yourselves in the, or if you put yourself in the shoes of an artist, that's their one thing. Like that's their one shot. And that is really interesting. So it's like, it's not that I don't want to have empathy towards people that it's like, this is their baby. This is their everything. So I understand that. But what, like, it's such an interesting one where still my advice is don't overthink it. And it's my advice to myself. When I get stuck on things, I still do it. But is it really just that simple? Is it really every time we run into that, if you're that caught up, just stop and don't overthink it? I think I mean, so. there's a fine line to it, you know, of course, right? Like you yeah. always have to think deep, hard. You want to think strategy. That is an important factor, right? But like also look at the bigger picture of who you are as an artist. You know, this is you're focusing on one song. Like what else, what else do you do you want to accomplish as an artist as you go? You know, like you want to be, be continually, continually, that's not even a word, continually. Con I don't know. Continuously. Continu continuously. Continuously. You know, evolving I, that's yourself. That's the Q&A. What is that's that word? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you want to, you want to, you know, keep things moving and, and, and know that you can always, you know, everything that you do after it will help bring it back, you know, bring it back to that song and help, you know, energize that song even further. So to the point of overthinking it, it's, you know, it gets to a point where it's just put it out, you know, put it out in the right way, build momentum toward it. And then move forward. What other music are you writing? What you know? What other collaborations are you putting together? You know, like that's where I think a lot of artists get stuck is is, is they get so hung up on this one thing where it's like keep the journey moving. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I I think that's a, a great point. If you're if you're a true artist, you shouldn't be banking on just one moment. Like this moment should be special. But look look to the future. And the same goes for music industry people. Like 
you can't be putting everything on one single and then if it fails, throw it in the trash. You know, if you have a really great artist, it's going to take a few tries and you might hit it on the first time, but there's much more than that. So I would say think smart, but don't overthink. That's so true. I can literally even apply that to the podcast because there will be episodes where I'll be like, this is it. This is the breakthrough episode. I need to do everything I can. I need to find every press outlet to try to get them to pick it up and it'll do good. It'll be like a cool episode. And then there's an episode where it's just a good conversation or just like a really interesting story or, you know, something like that. And that always just does better or like you never know like I'm always surprised by the ones that do so I think that like overthinking it thing it's like if you make any one thing too precious your expectations are just going to drive you crazy whereas if you just continuously ship it and perfect your product yeah or how about this love everything you put out you know and look at every song like yo this is a banger I'm excited about it and like then it just gets into the flow of you're just putting out bangers that you're excited for people to hear you know then then you're not even overthinking it at all like if you think that like okay this one song this is the banger and then you're writing other mediocre songs no put good shit out consistently you know and and if you're if you don't think you are keep practicing keep experimenting keep recording you know samples stuff like that things will come together so that's an interesting one And I actually, I'm going to, I had this question a little bit lower, but I think that that segues to it so perfectly because I was having this conversation with a friend of mine's son. He's now like getting to the age where he's starting to make beats. He's starting to work on music. It's so cool. And I'm so excited for him. So I've genuinely been trying to help him, give him advice wherever I can. And he had this question for me, like his, I I asked him, like his most genuine hangup was... I don't want to put music out because I don't think it's good enough. So it's like you're consuming all of this music. You're super, you know, like you see the internet, you have access to all of these artists and then you have your project and you're like, this isn't good enough. So how can you, you know, you say like put stuff out that you're proud of, whatever, but if you have all that to compare it to, how can you do that? And my answer to him was you're only going to get better by putting it out. So again, I think that there's this very interesting fine line where if you don't overthink it and if you don't, if you take that imaginary spotlight off of yourself of like everyone's waiting to criticize you or make fun of you if it's not good or whatever, or just that everyone's paying attention to every moment, every second and every song, every bit of the production. If you take that pressure away and allow yourself to just put stuff out, that's how you're going to get better. But that's a little bit of a tricky one there. Like, what's your advice to that then? Is like, put good stuff out, but then if you're afraid to get, st- if you're afraid to put stuff out because you don't think it's good enough, where's that balance? That's uh, that's a tough one because there's a lot of different um, things going on. Like, confidence is tough in general. Like, you might have something really great, and but if you don't believe in yourself, you might never put it out. So I do think the point of going and releasing it and getting that feedback is super important, even if it's a little painful. I remember in my first band, we posted our first tracks on MySpace and like a third of the comments said these drums were terrible and I was the drummer. So it made me practice. Oh no. But like, that's what made us better. Uh, And I think you do need that feedback. Like someone calling you trash may hurt a ton or they may be wrong, but I do think feedback is important. Um, Yeah. I think we're also in a super cool space in the music industry where there's testing grounds like 
that SoundCloud would be perfect. Like throw something up on SoundCloud and not everywhere where you can get feedback from like true music heads and like kids, especially. Uh, and then you don't have to post everything everywhere. You could just post tracks there. And when you have a track that you are confident in and you feel is a banger, put it up everywhere. Strong. Yeah. And just to add to it, I mean, he's 15 years old and already writing music. And if he wants to, could have a very, very long career ahead of him. And just to echo, you just got to try and and see where what happens. And you'll you'll only it, you're gonna miss 100 of the shots that you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael, Michael Scott, Scott, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it may hurt, but it's gonna it's gonna grow your skin thicker. It's gonna make you better as a person. It's gonna it's gonna it's it's just gonna strengthen you and and also to josh's point help you actually get better in just understanding what people want and i think you know more so than ever especially these days vulnerability is key you know being honest and wanting to connect with people in a real way you know putting that music out and saying this was for me you know i put this music out because i'm excited to put out for it let let people hate let people talk shit whatever it doesn't matter. It, it makes you feel inside. And I guarantee you, you are going to find people that you will connect with and start to connect with other musicians, other kids that are the other kids may look at it and be like, holy shit, I've been thinking about that for so long and no, no one has done it. And and you did it. You know, you inspired me. That's that's huge. You know, so you just got to be hungry Dude, and willing that. to do it. That's I love that. So awesome. Because, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll say this is like. If for all of the times that these artists might not put out a track, right? Like let's like talking about lyrics or something like that, right? Like say maybe your production isn't great, but you wrote lyrics that really mean something that helped you get through something and you put that out. Somebody could find that and resonate with that like crazy and you could genuinely help and inspire somebody so that you're almost like doing the world a disservice by not trying to put it out. And I know that that's vulnerable, but then my argument to that too is like, you're only going to get better by doing this. And then also my thing, another big thing that I was kind of telling him was like, dude, archive anything, delete anything, like put it out, give it a try, see how it goes, compare it to other artists. Like, I don't know about me, like I like... I like to A, B stuff like on Spotify, right? Like, so it's like, if you're listening to like Joji and he's like setting the bar for you, then it's like, play the Joji track, play your track. And then you'd be like, oh, his 808s hit so much better than mine. But then you know that. And then you just honestly can compare that and then come at it and try it again next. And then screw it, archive all your stuff later if nobody paid attention, it doesn't matter. Okay, next question is actually we have a we have a proper listener here who is a fan of the streaming council and he listened to one of the other episodes and wanted to add to that question so shout out ricardo m you're the boy um he said yeah he said you guys did talk about this a little but what are your views on releasing two or three singles each one five weeks apart before releasing the full album yeah, me and Ben actually have somewhat differing opinions, although we agree with each other's side as well. There's pluses and minuses to both. I'll let Ben start it. I wish I had the Mortal Kombat, like, fight Yeah, sound. yeah. Fight! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so releasing, like, the benefits of releasing single, like, yes, I think that you should release two to three singles ahead of the project, 
like this goes back to the new artist and the developing artist. If you're if you're already kind of an artist with a with a fan base, you would want to come with your strongest song first. Announce the album, announce your tour, the whole shebang with the new song. And that's that's your focus and your staple song for the campaign. Four to six weeks after um, it is most beneficial because you want to focus on what release radar could offer you in that song when you put so much behind it. That gives it that four to six weeks gives it enough time for that song to breathe within within released radar, depending on you know their reach and everything. And then you would want to probably release another third second track, um, a, more of a fan track, something to help fuel the campaign um, with marketing videos around it. And then you know a week or two after you drop your project. It's it's fast. It's it's unconventional uh, from the old from the from the uh, dinosaur industry. But um, to me, that's what you know. You want to build up a lot of momentum in a very short period of time, and then unfortunately, with without touring. But then you would go and you would tour the shit out of it, and and continue to promote it in that way. So, Josh. Uh, I think that that totally makes f- sense for certain projects, especially like rock and bigger artists too. If you're selling a physical product, I think having that moment and building that momentum up quick so people don't forget it is super important. Um, I am a slave to streaming optimization and the algorithm. <laughs> so for me, I guess the question was on two or three singles. I bump it up to four or five usually if you're oh. doing a whole record. Um, because every single you get release radar. So you're getting, say, if you have a hundred thousand followers, I know a lot of artists that listen to this don't have that many, but you could scale it. If you have a hundred thousand followers and on average 25 to 30% listen to the song, you're getting those built in 25 to 30,000 streams of your most engaged fans. So they're going to like the track. They're going to add it to the playlist, which gives the single its biggest boost of life right in the beginning. Uh, which with Ben's plan, you get for those three super important singles, uh, two or three super important singles. With the four or five, you get it for every single single. So you get the boost on everyone. And then also any single you release after is pointing back to your big single that happened first. So you get more opportunities to market that original song that you maybe after five singles released four months ago or five months ago. But with a lot of releases that I've done recently, I've seen this really steady climb as you've released a single for that very first single you released. Every single prior boosts the first single. So we've seen songs climb for six to eight months after it was released, which is super important. And then it has this long shelf life. Um, And the downside of doing what Ben described would be if something didn't hit in those two to three months, it's kind of dead. Uh, well, this is really right. interesting. And I think both make sense. But yeah, I was just going to ask, I, I, Ben. Yeah, I, I'm a jo- Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was like, because I, I see it. Like when you're thinking about touring and when you're thinking about an album coming out, it's like, dude, get to it. Drop this. Like, I'm trying to hear this live. I want to go see it. Everything like that. But do you think then that you would shift that model right now when we don't know when touring comes back? Do, would I then... shift to, to Josh's model? Yeah. No. I actually think keeping it short is 
Yeah. And, and here's the thing is, you know, I try to think of it beyond streaming and it's about momentum overall for everything that's going on for you, like your marketing and your, you know, if there's a radio campaign, you know, the longer that you make those windows, the more that you have to fill by keeping that momentum and keeping people's engagement to Josh's point, the streaming side of it, he's right. Like, yeah, that's what you if you consistently put out tracks, you're going to see this this flow and it's going to have a longer shelf life in streaming. But for you as an artist within the community, within, you know, your marketing plan, how do you keep that attention and that momentum for people to want to go back and find that after you've done it four or five months in? You know, the people start to lose their attention and start to say, oh, my God, I, I completely forgot that they were that they were putting out an album. I, you know, like, I, yeah, I heard a couple songs. You know, it's so it's a, to me, it's just about grabbing that momentum as quickly as possible and delivering them a product. And then, you know, after that, promoting the shit out of it by touring and, and other marketing initiatives opportunities. So that that's I think that's kind of the differences. But again, like neither of them are wrong. Like there's like both of them are good strategies. So you kind of kind of think about it from a holistic perspective when you're kind of making that decision. Definitely. Yeah, well, that's funny. Like on my side, hearing both of you kind of say your points and being the neutral one listening, I almost feel like then the conclusion that I draw is if I'm a smaller artist and I don't have bigger things to point to or as much momentum or a radio campaign or tour or a really cool thing going on to replace tour online, whatever, then maybe I follow the Josh model and I just optimize the crap out of my streaming because it gives me steady content. It gives me something to focus on and it keeps Spotify listeners there. Whereas if I'm a bigger legacy artist or not even legacy artist, but if I'm a bigger artist and I have more resource past just just streaming, then maybe I get right to it and I drop it and I start pointing to other moments and I start pointing to other big events and other things. And then the ship is still going to keep going and you're going to release music after that too. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have an artist right now to Josh's point that that's all they do. They release a song every four to six weeks. They've been doing it for the last two years. We, we put an album in, uh, you know, as part of the two year campaign, but literally has not stopped putting out music and his numbers are just like, it's, it's a stock that you have to buy immediately and it's working for him, you know? And, and that's how you, that, that momentum there, it, you know, it, it just will continue to propel. So, but he's, he's someone that just wants to just write and put out music. Like he has that mentality. So it keeps coming and coming and coming and it's oh. working. And, and to Ben's point, I've had released records with my model where by the third single, they're like, why haven't you dropped this album yet? Like, <laughs> especially with like rock bands are like, dude, like, what are you doing? Because that's not what happens in rock. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it does kill some of the album's vibes if it's an album artist, right? Like if you've already heard half of it, it kind of destroys that first listen moment where you're mm. like trying to experience an album. You've already experienced half of it. You know what I mean? Um, that happened with me for that first Phoebe Bridgers record, like six singles of the 11 or whatever were released beforehand. And I was so stoked. And I put on the record and I was like, Oh, I've already heard all this. Like it wasn't this big, massive moment. So I think it all just depends. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess then you come back as an artist and you say like, what is the intention behind this? Like, is this a whole piece of work that really means a lot to me as an album? Or is this like a bunch of songs that could be released as singles? Like, I guess 
I guess it's cool to hear both of those models. I mean, I hate to not just be like, here's how to do it, but I don't think there's a definitive answer there. And I well, think that, that like, I mean, like that's the most exciting thing about this space right now is yeah. it's the You're fucking right. wild west and we all have different ideas of how we approach it and we're all figuring it out and it's just going to continue to evolve you know I, yeah. I, I have a feeling it, if we do this a year from now I'll have a completely different thought on things you know we'll, so. we'll probably both reverse <laughs> <laughs> And exactly. I'll just still be neutral. I'll just still be hyped from a guy. So I'll just be like, I like that you have your opinions. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. That's amazing. All right. Well, I have one more question. I want to keep this whole thing short. We can always come back to these, but I'm trying to go for shorter episodes. And uh, I almost consider this bonus round because I have a feeling that I know what our answer is going to be. But um, First and Forever Band commented and said, what are your thoughts on when shows and tours will come back? Will there be restrictions? Who wants to start? Um, can I we mean, get Fauci on the call? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I would love to call our state government and ask that myself. <laughs> I don't oh, know, man. man. I don't know. I think, this is a, yeah. I think that our feeling is probably very similar. So I had Jack Gallagher on the pod and he manages Mount Joy. And we were talking about a similar thing where he he said it so well that I had to like stop and laugh because I like felt this responsibility of like, how's he going to answer this? And then he's like, I'm not a doctor. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a great point. So I think we're all kind of on that same page is like, man, I, we just don't know. Like we're not qualified to weigh in on what could be different or how it's going to play out. Like we're, we're just not healthcare professionals when it comes yeah. to that. I think the good news is, is that shows will come back. They will probably be different in some sort of way. Who knows? But I think they will be back. But I think the biggest question to ask when shows do come back is what happens to live streaming? Because live streaming Ooh. has become such an important aspect of a artist's, you know, Ooh, story. Ooh, the bonus now. round heater, my guy. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, because you know, I, I live streaming was always, you know, it, it, at the in in the background. You know, artists were wanting to be on tour. They do a live stream maybe every once in a while, but now it's all they do. Right? It's like completely changed our business. So, you know, when artists do go back on the road does it go to the background again and disappear or is it a part of the tour? Is it a, a, a leg, you know, is it a different leg of, of the tour? Who knows? That's, that's, what's going to be really exciting. Yeah. And I think it's super cool. Like this, obviously this pandemic is terrible and it's, it's hit the industry very hard, especially in the live space. Um, but artists are learning different skills and different things to do. I know so many artists, obviously the live streams is a, a good source of income, but like I know artists starting recording studios and becoming social media influencers and doing all of this other kinds of stuff to bring in income. And hopefully that continues once live shows are back because I think a lot of people were just relying on live music. And in the future, it could come and go. Like we never know what's going to happen with this you know, with this pandemic or anything in the future. So like live shows can leave at any point in time. So you do have to have other sources of revenue. You can't just rely on that. Yeah. Not I think what blew that. my mind. Go Ben, go. I'll, I'll no, I was, 
I was going to say, I think what what really blew my mind is when Jim Adkins like started his podcast. He started it like a couple weeks after the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. I don't think he ever, and now he's, you know, he's interviewed Hoppus and Gerard Way and, you know, I think Ryan from Yellow, all these, all these bands and stuff. I don't think that ever would have happened if the pandemic would, you know, happened, which is unfortunate, but also to Josh's point, just something like another piece of what the Jimmy Eat World, you know, band is and, and something that you can tap into for the future. I, I just, I, I think it's really cool. I was literally going to say a very similar feeling of just like there, we were given a silver lining and we were de- like, we were given a lot of BS, but there was a silver lining where we all had to figure out how to make different things work. And what's really interesting here is when, like, can we continue to use both? Cause if like, I was, I was listening to my pop punk playlist earlier today and I was just in my head thinking like, I cannot wait. Like I, I want to go into a mosh pit. I need a mosh pit. Like I cannot wait for that feeling whenever that is. However, music, the music industry was kind of given this gift of optimizing the live stream and optimizing doing a performance or a show or an anything for fans online. And think about so many people that never would have been able to go to these crazy A market cities or see the best production of a band or an anything or how much like certain artists don't want to tour. Certain artists have families. So the fact that we've been given this gift where live music can be translated online and there's this whole other side of it, it's like that. I hope that that does stick around when live music comes back. And I think that I, I hope that there's like a beautiful integration of the two. Definitely. Another thing that, yeah, to your point, just on, on revenue, another thing that was super shocking to me that I never would thought of happened was that people were actually buying tickets to these things. It was, it became yeah. a whole revenue play where I was like, whoa. And, and so how do Dude, you and capitalize merch? it? And yeah, merch tied to it. Like that was, that's something that I think will, you know, be explored is like, maybe you have a tour, you know, in person and then a whole separate virtual experience, you know, live stream experience yeah. that, you know, adds to it or, completes or tells the story or, you know, so think about like VIP, think about like now that that technology exists. Okay, cool. So you're going to go and spend so much money on live production. If you're a touring band, like what are you doing not to reserve a day at the end to use all of your production and film a crazy live set that you can then put out? Like, like I feel like music has been given exactly Mm -hmm. music has been given a gift of how to figure this out and how to now have this extra piece of incredible content or like resources that it only gets better. If if, yeah, you kind of just blew my mind cram because like thinking about it, you know, like artists like Ariana Grande and Bieber and they go on tour and they're they're, and Taylor Swift, like their show is so uh, special and so unique and such a masterpiece. Right. But then it gets sold out. So, you know, you get thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that get to see this. But then to your point, the last show you just film, you know, as a live stream, record it, and then later on put it out for millions to oh, see. Yep. And, and so that great. was done before, but now the technology and people have gotten so accustomed to it and people understand how to distribute it now where that's becoming well, more accessible. We'll buy a ticket. They'll yeah, buy a ticket. Yeah, where people maybe weren't as uh, understanding or accustomed to that. Yeah. Josh, what did you have? And just also, it's so great for 
places that typically don't get shows. Like you live in Montana or Southeast Asia or wherever else. Like now, hopefully you'll have a a chance to see artists in a, in a special way. Um, And I will, I have to add this. um, It obviously super sucks that we don't have live show live shows, but if you wanted to come back, do your part, like everybody wear a mask, wash your hands. There are so many artists and bands and booking agents and venues and such a big part of this music industry that is waiting for this to come back. Every single person should be doing their part. And that's, that's what you can do. Dude, Love that. That's, glad you said that. I'm so I glad you that. said that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude. I feel fired up. This was cool. We just riffed that little bit at the end. I feel like we came up with some real cool strate- strategies with music coming back. That was that was a good little bonus round right there, my guys. Yeah, There's some good my questions. Dudes. Really yeah. good questions that I think spurred some really interesting conversations. I mean, obviously, you know, from this episode, hopefully you can tell like Josh and I, yeah, sure, we're experts, but we're also like you know, students of this and both have different opinions about how things, you know, are moving. So like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in hearing more questions and, you know, beyond this and just like, you know, cause it, it just gets me thinking further as well. So this was awesome. Yeah, totally. You know, the compliment that I have to pay you guys is I, I think that when I look at real professionals of their crafts and, and I really see this in both of you is, you're always learning and you're always open-minded. So it's not like you're coming in here saying, I'm the best and I know, and it's definitively like this. It's always discussions and you're always open to hearing new things. And I think that that's how things evolve and progress. And it's so cool to see that, like to see you guys go so far in your careers in music at labels, but to still keep such an open mind and be down to just discuss and learn. That's how you stay ahead of the curve. You know, you should always be a student of learning every single day. There's no such expert or top. And if you think that's the case, you've lost. That's my, that's my opinion. And I would say like these questions are awesome, but if anybody out there has success stories or maybe not success stories, like I'd love to tell me I'm wrong, you know, like I'd love to hear stuff, Um, especially because we're coming from a more established artist route. Like we both work with up and coming artists, but DIY artists, not as much. So like, it's super cool to hear those stories. I want to hear about this 15 year old kid when he puts his music out. (laughs) Yeah. That's bro. That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. We got the, it's like the where are all my friends case study of like who here listening? Like, I think he's going to be surprised. He's going to be surprised in a good way. Yeah. This is awesome. So, how do people give you feedback? How do people ask you more questions? How do they thank you for any advice? How do they tell you that you're wrong? How do they challenge your opinions? Where do they find you? Go ahead, Ben. Uh, Instagram, it's the one avenue that you can reach me at. It's BL Farber. Um, feel free to hit me up. I'll try and get back to you as soon as I can. And let's keep the conversation going. I'm here to help. Love it. And my Instagram is epilogue, E-P-P-E-L-O-G-U-E. Uh, I also wouldn't mind if you sent them to, uh, this podcast and we did a public roasting, especially if you have something, uh, where I was wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do a public oh, roasting. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, yes, you can also hit me up, Andrew underscore FTW everywhere. And uh, I'm always checking these. I'm always checking for 
questions and responses and all of that. And there's also a where are all my friends podcast at gmail.com. If you feel like writing a novel of how we led you astray or changed your career for the better. Um, I think that says it all. Thank you so much, you guys. Cool. Thanks. Dude, absolutely, man. Anytime.